0: those mysterious men that was uh that was the simple minds love song you know i'd never seen that video before it's the first time i've ever seen that video i've heard the song i've got i own i guess i own the song it's on my computer does that constitute his ownership probably so, uh, welcome, everybody, to another edition of 15 Minutes of Flame. Um, I was really hoping to play 30 frames a second by the Simple Minds, but I could, I'm not sure if they have that as a video. Simple Minds, 30 frames a 2nd just find out here. Uh, 30 frames a second. Let's see. Well, they have a, they have a uh, live performance on Scottish TV. Maybe I'll play that at the end. Uh, the reason why I, was, I wanted to play 30 frames a second is because it's a pretty good Mercury retrograde song, by and large. And we're here now, we are now in Mercury retrograde. And remember all this weird shit from last year, 2021, really was the byproduct in a lot of ways of the astrological aspect of the true node in Gemini. So this is where Mercury is retrograding. And it's um, really at the final degrees, right? So uh, I think it's at four Gemini. And uh, last November, I think it was around four Gemini. So astrologically, we'd look back to last November and see what was happening in the world. And especially with the so-called virus, because the virus virus talk is heating up again. Apparently, the uh, Biden administration has... uh, decided that they don't have any interest in what the federal judge in Florida has to say about masks. The CDC has essentially said, sorry, that's not going to work. In all places where there's a hub of public transportation, meaning an airport or train station or bus station, you have to wear a mask. So there's going to be, they've already appealed the ruling of the judge in Florida. And that means that, uh, that that some judge somewhere is going to rule on where we are in mask world. And if the judge upholds the previous judges uh, ruling, then I guess we're okay. And it's the the mask tars that will have to wear the mask, right? But we know how the uh, wheels of justice either grind or are lubricated to turn in a particular direction. And uh, there's probably a pretty good chance that'll be overturned. And that's just how these things work, especially during a Mercury retrograde where we're in this pattern of reversal. I was I was watching, by the way, welcome to the show. This is the uh, 510 version. If you're listening to the podcast, welcome as well. Uh, it's always great to, to be here. During the morning it helps set my day, helps get me uh, going in the right direction. It really does. It's like a, it's like a ritual for me. A good ritual. We're going to talk about bad rituals. It goes back to Sunday Night Show. We're going to retrograde back to Sunday Night Show where I talked about abortion as a ritual. Remember that? Well, guess what? Uh, apparently, they're making a case for abortion as a religious ritual. Oh, yeah. That's what's going on. We'll look at that. Um, so, welcome to the show. We will be looking a lot of... What's going on in Vax world, Pass world, mandate world, because uh, with Mercury retrograde, you know it's going to make a comeback. You, you know that, that, that it's going to circle back. Let's circle back to that. I guess Saki's gone now, right? She's officially gone. And the, uh, the kind of cute black lesbian, is uh, the new press secretary? Where the the uh, the social justice bulletproof armor of a fallen god can't criticize her. That's racist. The trope is getting old. It's just getting so old, and people are pretty much over it. And uh, they don't care. <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna beat this. They're gonna flog this thing. Like it's a dead horse until until there's no flogging left are you coming up here are you coming up here so give you a little uh, i'm going to jump into chat uh, chat here in a second and we will of course talk about the best hemp products that you can get my humble estimation are you coming up here well come on, come on i uh, give you an update a little bit on Rosie. You know, we went off the rife and went over to the spooky too. It's just, I don't think it's having the same kind of visceral effect. Uh, her her uh, recovery from the through the rife was was demonstrable. I mean, you could see things were happening. It's kind of going in the other direction again. So I've got to go pick up the rife and uh, try to fire it back up. Well, not try to, I will fire it back up. And we'll see how the uh, results are. I'm just, I'm just not getting the same results as the Spooky, on the spooky 2. And that's, that's not to say the Spooky 2 doesn't work. I mean, it could work. I'm just feeling at this point that the rife with the gas tubes are probably the most powerful solution for this condition that I've seen in terms of healing. Is that right, Jasper? What kind of healing do you need? What kind of healing do you need, you goofball? Jasper's such a goof. I did a show with Emily last night. It was a good show. It's her cult tennis channel. I think it's over on the Rockfin. She's got a little Rockfin channel. And uh, it was cool. We talked about uh, this one guy. What? This young this young Spanish tennis player. He tried to do a little bit of an astrological comparison with Freddie Mercury. Because apparently there's some kind of Freddie Mercury bleed through going on with this. Spanish tennis player. It was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Interesting show. So some of you have been wondering when I would be doing another uh, show with Emily. Well, we did it yesterday. So there you go. All right, let me get into uh, Chatlandia. Let me see how you guys are doing. Chataria, Jasper, you are the man. You are the man. Let's see how you guys are doing. And uh, then we'll uh, officially start the show. I got that putting out fire with gasoline song in my head now. So I'm putting out the fire with gasoline. Okay, let's see. What's going on with the old uh, Chattero here? All right, we got, uh, by the way, I did see the Simple Minds one time in San Francisco at the Kabuki theater. It was okay. You know, they were, they were a band. I was into them before they got really popular and famous. I was into their early stuff, which is this very interesting, highly sequenced kind of dark industrial electronic techno thing. I thought they were really interesting. Like they were one of the more interesting groups at that time. That was somewhere between, they weren't really mainstream. Like nobody really listened to the Simple Minds. Um, and they weren't as aggressive and abrasive as like Throbbing Gristle or Crass, or which are different bands, they're very different bands from Throbbing Bristol and Crass, but they're kind of obscure. Uh, they were very obscure then. So they weren't the the Simple Minds weren't quite that, but they also weren't quite the Human League, which was the first of those electronic bands that come out of like uh, Birmingham and Sheffield, and there was this very interesting um, electronic music scene that was that was taking place. It was very exciting. You know, the first records from the Human League, uh, Being Boiled is an amazing song. Uh, you also had um, the, the early releases of Orchestral Maneuvers, uh, In the Dark, Heaven 17, although they, they went on to be really big in terms of some of their records you go and you you drop it down now are you are you done the simple minds are always kind of somewhere towards the back of the bus and then they discovered guitars and then they discovered uh writing pop hits and they are huge all right who do we have here jj what's going on jj tomas jordan good to see you there's my man ryan Sony's here. Hello, Sony. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? CC Jones. She's fantastic. Who has the yellow name today? Holy shit. Hard to look at. Who is that? I can't even see it. Who's the yellow name? Oh, is that? Who's that? Arlene? Arlene Vega. Arlene, man, That, that yellow text. It's bleeding like the sun. Wendy says, what's going on, Wendy? Good to see you. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? Scrubbies. Hello, Tamara. Morning, Tamara. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? C. Pines. What's going on, C. Pines? Good morning to you. There's my man, Steve. Thor at the door. Uh, Let's see who else we have. Mark Matheny. The last few hours of Jupiter and Pisces until the retrogrades back on October 27th for about two months. Yeah, we're moving into Jupiter and Aries. Early degrees, I think it goes up to like uh, five degrees. You know, Jupiter is in Aries more than it is in Pisces this year. When I looked at the astrological year to come back in uh, December, I was really shocked at how long Jupiter's in, in Aries. I mean, it's, it's by days, maybe like eight or nine days, but still, nonetheless, it's more in Aries than it is in Pisces. I thought that was interesting. And yeah, Jupiter was really fast this year. I mean, it got, it got to the next sign really quickly. If you go back and go back like three years ago, Jupiter doesn't retrograde back to the previous sign until like November. It was on that cycle. And, and even then, it it, wouldn't, it wasn't in the sign for very long. It might have been you know, may, maybe that two-month cycle. But it was towards the end of the year. And so Jupiter was always kind of changing signs right around Sagittarius time. Because it, it's the ruler, right? Sagittarius is the ruler. Or Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. So now it's like it got very quick this year. We're changing signs in May versus November. Very interesting. Um, I was watching some sci fi trailers this morning. One of the reasons why I'm a little late, not the only reason, by the way, there were other more personal reasons, but uh, I was watching these trailers for these sci fi movies that are coming out. They're very weird. There's a lot of science fiction movies that have this multiverse theme. Uh, there's, of course, the one with Doctor Strange, which I think just came out. And I was a Doctor Strange fan when I was like reading comic books; I thought he was fucking cool. He was one. Of, he was one of my favorite superheroes. I liked that it. it was always kind of dark and gothicy, and he, you know, he lived the coolest life. He had great art. He had these amazing powers. He used them to fight the the powers of darkness. He was using their magic against them. It was a Stephen Strange was, was pretty cool. Anyway, this current movie has has about the it's about the multiverse. And there's another movie. Is it out now? It's very this is very bizarre uh movie that has Michelle Yeo. Michelle Yeo, she was in Crouching Tiger. Hidden Dragon, that movie. And it's still kind of like this weird melange of the of like office space and multi-dimensionality. It's very weird. What was interesting about these science fiction movies, these trailers was the preponderance of Asian actors in these movies. I thought, what well, this is really interesting. So okay, what's the virtue signal here? There's one movie where it's kind of, it's tailored toward toward teens, it's called Moonshot. And um, I guess it's about young adults going to Mars. And the protagonist is this woman, young woman, she looks like she might be Chinese or Korean, maybe Korean. And her non-Asian boyfriend stows aboard the rocket ship. And travels to Mars so he can be with her. He didn't, he was heartsick. So there was that. There's also this movie I'm talking about with Michelle Yeoh uh, about sort of like Office Space meets the multiverse. And then the other one was this movie about robots, of course. And it's with Colin Farrell and. He plays, I think he plays like a father and a, and a scientist and he has a wife who happens to be black and they have, I think they have an Asian daughter and the the robot that they had for the Asian daughter died and the robot was also Asian. And then they wind up bringing back, reanimating the dead Asian robot son. It's you know, it's got one. Of, it's one of these movies with a lot of stringed instruments. When you're listening to the, to the uh, or watching the the trailer, which means that it's uh, <clears throat> quite emotional, right? You're trying to evoke some emotion with that whole thing. So, uh, what else? What else? Was there? There's another Jurassic Four, I think Jurassic Four movie, and they're bringing back the the the, the cast: Sam Neill, uh, Jeff Goldblum. It's like that franchise is a dinosaur, literally, figuratively. Uh, fairly, fairly dystopic, of course, since we live in dystopic times. But this whole idea of the multiverse and the preponderance of Asian characters is really interesting. With the uh, trailers. All right, who else do we have here? Uh, Chris and Steve are here. What's going on? K and S. Uh, Chrissy has the most amazing voice in the '80s. When I saw them live, yeah, Chrissy Hyde was great. She she was one. She was married to Jim Kerr, by the way. Chrissy Hyde always got her man. She always got her man. She was, she was smitten with Ray Davies. Ray Davies was her rock god. And guess what? She married Ray Davies. And then I guess Ray Davies was an asshole. He seems like he could be an asshole. And then was like, oh, Jim Kerr, simple minds. She married Jim Kerr. And I guess he was an asshole too. He's a cancer, by the way. That doesn't mean um that doesn't mean that uh Cancers are assholes. You're the walrus asking about the spooky two here. Kelly B, what's going on? What's going on with pets? I'm concerned about pets. Pets are going through a difficult time. And now they're trying to get people to believe that dogs are spreading hepatitis C. Beth Berry's here. Empath, what's going on, Empath? So you like this shirt. This is a shirt that was actually made for me. It was a custom shirt right here. Tip of the cap to the shirt maker. Uh, what's wrong with cat? Okay, so we go Tamra jumping in. Good for you, Tamra. Tamra to the rescue. Uh, let's see who else we have. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? No, well, let going twice. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, the Church of Satan lawsuit. We're gonna talk about that. Cream out, what's going on, Christine? Good to see you, Christine. She's a badass. Krima a badass. All right, who else do we have here? Anybody else? Anybody new? Growing growing twice. I think we're all here. Present and accounted for. I think all your all your presents are here. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the highest quality CBD that uh, you can find in my estimation i haven't tried every cbd product in the world but um, i've tried a few and i think christopher lynch's true hemp science is right up there took the gummies last night magic did their trick what they're supposed to do i got sucked into the electronic vortex took the gummies and the gummies are the tap on the shoulder it's time for you to go to bed now robert So if you spend a hundred dollars over a true hemp science and the link is right here on the homepage at 15 minutes of flame and you uh, type in 15 mins, that's one, five minutes. Uh, you'll get $20 worth the free product. And if you have a cat that's not doing well or a dog that's not doing well, well, Chris has a CBD for animals. He's got a, a product line. I think there are two, two versions of the CBD for animals. Uh, he's got the gummies for sleep. He's got, CBD for pain. He's got CBD without THC. So all of your CBD needs can be met over there at True Hemp Science, and you do get that that free little boost of $20, $20 worth of free product uh, into your bag once you spend $100. By the way, thank you all for responding and reaching out. And if you have had good experiences with uh, Chris's product, let me know. Um, cause then I could actually put your comment here on the homepage as a bit of a testimonial. So if you've had good experience, you could do that. Oh, look, Saturn looks like it's a hat. I could have the Saturn hat. What do you think of that? The Saturn hat. Shall we get on with the show? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So we were talking about, on Sunday night, the fact that uh, abortion is a ritual sacrifice. Yep. We were talking about that, and the Church of Satan, or the Satanic Temple, which is different than the Church of Satan, is now arguing that abortion is part of their religious practice. So we were on the money on Sunday night. We were just stating facts. And uh, this is exactly what they are up to here. They're telling you exactly what's going on. Here we go. The satanic temple. The body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Yeah, will they argue... For or against the forced vaccination of the population? Somehow, I don't think so. Somehow, I don't think they really care much about that. But this, on the other hand, they care a great deal about, which is religious reproductive rights. The news that Roe v. Wade will likely be overturned is extremely distressing. The satanic temple TST has nevertheless positioned itself to protect religious abortion access for our members. That's a, that's a warm and fuzzy thought. Look, taking care of your, your, your membership, just like AARP or something like that. In states that continue to provide abortion services, we will continue to take steps, including legal action, to ensure our members do not have to endure hindrances to immediate access. That includes waiting periods and unnecessary medical procedures. In addition, we'll continue to demand that states do not require medical practitioners to withhold uh, medical information or that patients are not forced to bury or cremate fetal remains. Meaning, hey, you can do what you want with them. Right? If you want to create a soup or you want to create a tincture or you want to create an elixir, hey, that's, that's your material. It came out of your body you have the right to process it however way you want. Lastly, in states that require mandatory abortion counseling documents, we're providing our own counseling, which we are demanding be recognized by states as a valid alternative. We've had 705 retweets on this, 1,695 likes. All right, so that's part of it, right? That's part of it, that's part of their statement. There's another part of their statement here. And it says right here, just to tee it up. It states that outlaw abortion but grant exceptions for instances of incest and rape, then consistent with the Supreme Court's ruling in Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia, TST members should be permitted a religious exemption to perform TST's religious abortion ritual. They say it right there, and that's exactly what we were talking about on the Sunday night show. We will likely have to sue those states to affirm our civil rights, but the law is clearly on our side. You can read about our current lawsuits here. States that outlaw abortion and do not grant exceptions present more significant challenges. States that outlaw doing? But TST has a number of plans that we will be undertaking quite soon. First, we'll be suing the FDA to permit TST access to Mifepristone and myzoprostol for use under medical supervision as part of our religious abortion ritual. I guess those are the drugs that will help people abort their children. The request is being made under uh, federal RFRA. Unfettered access to these drugs would be a considerable step toward enabling TST to perform our abortion ritual without government interference. So they're basically saying, we'll be, we'll be the abortion clinic. And they're, they're wrapping it under religious freedom. Again, the law is clearly on our side, but we're gearing up for a legal battle. Lastly, TST is researching the possibility of creating religious abortion facilities. What did I tell you? I didn't even read that. I hadn't even gotten that far. It's exactly what they're doing. We'll provide more information about this plan as it develops. If you're interested in volunteering, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can support TST here. They have a fundraiser. We're committed to assisting our members and we appreciate the loyalty and support we receive. God bless. No, they didn't say that part. So there you go, right? That's uh, right at the top of the list. Right at the top of the list. We were talking about on Sunday night, Portion is ritual, ritual murder. And here we go, pure demonstration. This is what happens in our world, in our art. Can we come up with a different word than the metaverse? I don't want to support the idea of the metaverse. It was a cool idea before Zuckerberg got a hold of it. The idea of these multiple versions of reality was was intriguing, but now it just seems like you're just. Buying into the trope, you're, you're you're animating, you're animating the the reality of the metaverse by your attention. So I'm going to try to come up with a different name than the metaverse. The metacurse. What do you think, Jasper? Jasper's about ready to pop his head right in here to the uh, camera. What do you think, Jasper? Jasper belongs to the cataverse. So we got that going on, legal challenge. So we have a legal challenge to abortion. We have a legal challenge now with the uh, masks and the federal government. Uh, But you know where we don't have any legal challenges, really, with the 2016, 2020 election? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but apparently Dinesh D'Souza's 2,000 mules Uh, completely delivers the goods. And one of the things that they were able to find is the ballot harvesting. And I did see this. I saw the clips of people walking up to these ballot boxes on the street and just stuffing ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot. These are all over the place. And... Some of those val- ballots were probably somewhat valid. They went up to somebody's house, asked them if they could help with their, with their uh, ballot process, cause that's what they were doing. And then, you know, so what, here's, here's how it works. Cause I, you know, I ran for city council and you, you can get the voter registration rolls. Those are pretty, you can get them. That's, that's easy, totally easy. And then if you have somebody who's really good at programming and metadata, you can do a cross-section sample size on those voters who are 70 years and older. And then what you do is you target those voters and you go to their physical address, which they have, by the way. You can you buy the physical address. If they're a registered voter, part of the voter roll, and you can go to their house. So... What they what they would do is they would just get that information, they get the cross section data, and they would just target probably seventy probably seventy five and over, because a lot of times people are seventy five and over are is better than better than average chance that they're going to be housebound, they're not going to be able to get out of their house, they'll see it as, you know, a blessing or whatever, right? In other cases not just being housebound, but they may be incapacitated in other ways. In which case, you know, convincing them to vote in a certain direction wouldn't be all that difficult. So it's just predatory. The ballot harvesting is completely predatory. And it's pretty clear that that's what was going on. I and mean, the whole thing is just ridiculous. But again, Mercury retrograde, go back to 1980, which was the last time I voted in a presidential election before 2020. Um, there was no there was no drop-off boxes. There, there was no ballot harvesting. I mean, you had to go into a booth and back then you had to either punch a ticket or you had to pencil your ticket and that was it. That was how votes were counted. And then eventually computers wiggle their way into the process and that becomes problematic. So they could solve the whole thing just by going to blockchain The problem with the voting system well is voting in general I'm sure with Christine uh, in the house today she'll be sounding uh, her uh, her trumpets her clarion call against the uh, uh, ridiculousness of voting um, but that said right once they, What's the, if they wanted to get into, if they wanted to solve the whole thing, they just go to blockchain. Everything would be blockchained out. Bottom line, right? There's one vote, one person, and all part of a national registry. It'd have to be national. The states would have to share information. And it's unfortunate because the states run their own elections. So how, what they're doing in Mississippi is going to be what, different than what they're doing in California. Yeah. And the Biden administration has been gunning for federally uh, federally overseen elections. And on the surface, when you have an absolute mess where 50 states could potentially be doing 50 different things in terms of their electoral process, having a one size fits all model sounds like a winner, right? The panacea for uh you know, voter security and all the other things that are along with it. Well, that's not really true because whatever administration is running that, um, that program, well, they, they could say, okay, well, we're going to do mail-in ballots and we're going to make ballot harvesting legal all across all 50 States, no voter ID. And again, whatever you think of voting, I totally get it right And there's something about the ritual order of voting and actually presenting an ID or like, you know, your name, your person, your vote, it counts versus, you know, being a dead person and voting multiple times or being somebody who's brought into this country without any ID and then you're given one. I mean, these things I think are they're important in a lot of ways, not just to, you know, anchor one's ability to vote, but it, ha- it has to do with your personage, your name, um, and your signature, right? Your your vibrational signature in the world. These things are important. There is, mean, and we all talk about, you know, NPCs, but there is no other you. There may be somebody who may look like you a little bit, or maybe somebody might might have some personality traits that are similar to you, but you are unique. Like you have a unique signature, tone, vibration. And there's no set of fingerprints in the world that match each other. There's no set of iris prints in the world that match each other. That is that is specific about each and everyone's uniqueness, right? And then w- where we're headed It's really weird too, because that's really been exploited. The whole idea of a person being unique has been totally exploited. Because everybody thinks they're fucking unique now. Everybody thinks they're a movie star, or a podcast star, or a YouTube star, or a rock star, like that's, and this is what happens when you have accessible tools for technology. Accessible tools for technology breeds mediocrity. That said, it can also liberate some inherent genius with people in terms of how they're able to use these tools. That's the, you know, that's the, the dark side of it all. The paradox is that, yeah, like not, some, not that unique, but really on the other side of it, yeah, you are unique. There is nobody else like you. And when you get into a situation like with voting theoretically, that is supposed to confirm your uniqueness, and your identity, and it doesn't really matter. In a weird way, that says something about the world that we live in, that identity doesn't matter, you don't even matter, your vote doesn't count, you don't count. When you really drill down and get into that level of it, that's that's where it's at. So we know that the uh, Satanic Temple Views this as their religious right, R I T E R I G H T. The other thing that crossed into my uh, Twitter feed last night, which I thought was just absolutely fucking bonkers, was uh, this dipshit, Lori Lightfoot. Have you guys seen this? This gets back to what I was talking about yesterday, which is you know blood on the streets of America. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, we all know what the plus means. It means uh, little ones. The Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. What is she saying here? What is she saying here? She's essentially saying, get out there and shoot some motherfuckers. That's exactly what she's saying. She's setting these people up to be slaughtered. I'm telling you slaughtered because nobody, I talked about this, what? Yesterday, there is no inherent guilt keeping these people from being slaughtered. The inherent guilt that was rampant during the whole black lives matter thing was the thing that kept that it was like a check right it was it was like this weird moral check we'll get on our knees and we'll pray and we'll shine your shoes and we'll walk around with a crucifix on our on our back and uh, we'll make sure that uh, we have uh, some representative black allies whip us as a form of public performance art that happened by the way This is not going to fly if they plan on hitting the streets and they plan on doing what Lori Lightfoot, the commander of the Lightfoot brigade is imploring them to do. They're in trouble because nobody will give a shit. There is no guilt here. So Kimber to her credit says, I am a lesbian and don't want to be classified any different than anyone else. Why must we put something like this out there? This is ridiculous. Well, Kimber, good for you. You are one level-headed lesbian. Good for you. When I used to live in Oakland, I managed this apartment building, and um, every now and then I'd, I'd have to deal with the locks. You know, you kick somebody out, you got to change the locks. So you would there would be a couple different things, right? and I would have to do this. I'd have to serve somebody because they're behind in their rent. So you have to get the sheriff to come out there. Sheriff posts a notice. And I think there's 72 hours. And then the sheriff comes back out again. And then the locksmith comes out. The locksmith comes out to either open the door and or change the lock. Mostly both, usually the latter. So I used this. Uh, this was in Glenview, Glenview District of Oakland, which is uh, on Park Avenue. And the locksmith there was run by these three lesbians. I think they all lived together. I liked them. They were really cool. They were cool people. They were, they were great locksmiths. I thought it was really funny. Like, they, they did great work. And, I you know, we and we had, like, this interesting kind of – you know, mutual like and mutual respect for one another. And these, these were not glamorous people by any stretch. I mean, they, they looked apart. The I mean, they were working class freaking locksmiths. It was super interesting. Um, and I don't think they would feel very good about Lori Lightfoot's command to take it to the streets, call to arms. In a city like Chicago, she's fucking nuts. Mayor Beetlejuice is nuts, man. And this is the level of absolute insanity that we're dealing with in the world now. A call to arms? Really? This is Stonewall? You think it's going to be that easy? People are going to be tarred and feathered if they decide that they're going to do that. Bottom line, end of story. Um there's some other things that I wanted to get into today. Kind of an update on the Kevin Samuels situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another one. We talked about it last week, right? Didn't we talk about Meghan Markle last week as president? Well, we got more, more info on that front. Um, pretty funny, Right. Here, why don't we just jump in? Let's jump, let's jump into the Meghan Markle stuff. You can't make this shit up. You just can't make it up. Ad blocker detected. Okay, here we go. Joe Biden's sister invites Meghan Markle to join Democrats. Because she would be a good president. Valerie Biden Owens has cited the need for more women to get involved with politics. And she feels Megan would be welcome to join the Democrat party. They will run this woman for, for president. It would come down to her or Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You think I'm kidding? Although she's probably positioned to be uh, more in alignment with their so-called values. And, of course, we have the Princess Diana connection between her. Isn't she a dude? Isn't Meghan Markle a dude? She kind of looks like a dude there. What's going on with the fingers? You can usually tell with the fingers. Looks like the ring finger might be smaller than the middle finger. That's usually a sign that's a dude, right? The Biden family have maintained positive relations with Meghan and her husband, Prince Harry, and reports claim that Markle has been building relationships with senior Democrats with a view of forging a political career Owen stated, it's wonderful to have women in politics. The more women we have, the better our democratic system will work for you. We welcome her to come in and join the Democratic Party. Asked about Megan potentially being a candidate for the US presidency one day, she said, yes, perhaps. Of course she will. Owens has spoken about her brother's ability to lead in her memoir, Growing Up Biden, a memoir, while insisting he will run again in 2024. God help us. Following a series of gaffes in Biden's speeches, some Republicans have accused the U.S. president of not being fit for office, defending her brother on ITV's Good Morning Britain. She said, first of all, his gaffes are truths. He speaks the truth. Is he capable? Watch him. Look at him. He speaks the truth. Sometimes it comes out in a different way. And people call it a gaffe. He speaks the truth. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like Trump. That sounds like how people would describe Trump. That he speaks the truth. And so sometimes it comes out in a gaffe. Truth is stranger than fiction. Joe Biden has faced criticism for his response to the Russian invasion of... U- this isn't even fucking Joe Biden. I'm sorry. This is not the dude. This is this is some actor. Nigel Farage. That guy, is that who that is? Nigel Farage. Nigel, Nigel Farage. Yeah, there it is. Joe Biden's disinformation board brand, branded, branded, slammed by Nigel Farage. I think people have a right to be scared. Yeah. They're going to go after people that are trying to speak the truth. Bill Gates is doing it too. He's hiring some kind of, I don't know, information marketing guerrilla squad to combat misinformation when it comes to vaccines. And they're gonna be coming back. The vaccines are making a comeback, right? During this Mercury retrograde, keep your eye on that because that's where everything is pretty much pointed towards. Um, we, always, we already saw last week where the UN and the and, um, WF signed that agreement to accelerate agenda 2030, which look, we know it's coming, right? We know it's coming. They are in full court press right now, but when they speed things up, they will make mistakes. That's, that's a given. They will make mistakes. Now they know that, and they will try to capitalize on their error, which they always do. But sometimes the mistakes can be really egregious. Speaking of mistakes, um, Kevin Samuels, there's a rumor that Kevin Samuels was vaccinated. Uh, I think he said it on one of his podcasts. Uh, This was, this was brought up on uh, Jason Whitlock last night, Hotel Jesus. One of the Hotep's brought it up. He's an interesting guy, Hotep Jesus. I actually like him. He'd be a fun guest to have on the show. Maybe we should get him on here. I'd have to study up on my Hotep. But he, he believes that uh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson, in the, uh, Mr. Johnson in the den with the syringe was the one who uh, was responsible for Kevin Samuel's death. Possibly. That's possible. There's also the possibility of foul play. And the whole thing is weird. Really weird. And um, some people, you know, I, I really underestimated the reach that this guy had. He would do just a simple... IG live video and turn it into a YouTube video. You get fucking 2 million views. Swear to God on one video, 25 minute video, 2 million views. Kevin Samuels was somebody who was promoting whatever, whoever this guy was, because I don't think it's clear that he's a straight heterosexual dude. There's a lot of things that point to him being a switch hitter, which is whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to condemn or condone his uh, sexual preferences. But the one thing that's pretty clear about Kevin Samuels is that he was preaching in his own secularized way. He was preaching the values of guess what? Family, monogamy, progeny, and success. He was preaching those principles. Family, monogamy, progeny, success. For both men and women, specifically for black men and black women. That's a threat. That is a threat. I, I mean, I, there, there's part of my head. When I think about this stuff, it says you got to be kidding. Would they take time out to rub out Kevin Samuels? The answer to that is yes. Undoubtedly, unequivocally, they would do that because he's a threat. He was a threat to their emerging paradigm, and their emerging paradigm is turn women into these delusional um, Disney fairy princesses doesn't matter what the color of the skin is black white brown keep them in a state of you know in in, so there's this great book by this woman named Marie Louise von Franz it was one of these books that haunted me when I was young it's called Poiroternus and she was uh, Carl Jung's secretary and then she became a Jungian therapist and Poiroternus is I think one of the great psychological works of the 20th century. And she talks about the eternal youth, right? That's what pluriturnus means. And she uses the book, The Little Prince, as there's another work in there that she sources, but it's not as strong as The Little Prince. Because The Little Prince has its archetypal meaning as a work of fiction but it also reflects back on the life of of, uh, Antoine Dussain-Exupéry, who is the author of The Little Prince. And uh, The Little Prince is about a boy who, you know, doesn't grow up. He's on another planet somewhere having a dialogue um, with an alien, essentially. And it's pondering these questions about growing up and responsibility and innocence and all the things that become sacrificed when one succumbs to the gravity of, uh, you know, culture and age and so-called evolution. And uh, De- Antoine Dussant-Exuperé was a pilot. He enjoyed flying uh, and he was in a marriage with a, with a dominant woman And the woman's mother was also dominant. So he didn't like being around. He flew a lot. So Marie-Louise von Franz talks about him being ungrounded. That he's not in this stable relationship where he's committed. And that his imagination is a flight of fancy, which also represents a lack of truly being grounded in the world and not being committed. And she... And uh, I think he does the illustrations for that book, as well as the actual text. So he saw himself as an artist. She saw him as really like an auteur, somebody who wasn't really a true artist, like say in the the vein of Picasso, who bled for his art or whatever. So she believed that he was... was, uh, that, that he that he was living with a sense of delusion in his life, and he couldn't. He, that the whole artist thing was was nice and all, but he wasn't truly an artist. And so his, her, you know, her her uh, prescription was for him to get on with the business of living, to accept the marriage, to accept the relationship, to accept the burden of the responsibility, stand up, be a man, kick the kick the mother out, right? Instead of always taking off in his plane. And of course, he dies in a plane wreck. Because he's not grounded, right? It's a great. It's actually a really fantastic work. And I remember reading that when I was in my youth. I'm like, oh my god, am I that guy? It was that was one of those. That was one of those wake up pills. That was that was like a no dose moment in my life. Did it help me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it helped me. Uh, some people. Some people could say that well, I've never really grown up. I'm not sure that that's true. I've just never really fit in. And that's OK. Right, Jasper? Jasper, you don't fit in either. You barely fit on this uh, on this desk. Um, so when you look at somebody like Kevin Samuels, even though he does not. He does not fit that mold, right? He, he's, he's not married. I don't think he has any kids. He's I think he was uh, 65, so he's five years younger than me. I'm 56. You're 56. If you take care of yourself in your 50s, you can be really functional. And the 50s are kind of, I think, the pinnacle for men. I think they're the pinnacle for men because they've got, they still have some relative control over their body. Their body, if they take care of it, functions pretty well. They can look pretty well. They age pretty well if they haven't, you know, destroyed themselves with too many drugs and and uh, too much alcohol in their youth. Men can still look pretty decent in their fifties, and they start to get some wisdom. So that's kind of the sweet spot, I think, for for men is their fifties. And Hunter S. Thompson theoretically killed himself because he didn't like being in his sixties. Theoretically, I don't think that that's true. I think he was killed. But he was on the record that he didn't like being in his 60s, that life wasn't fun anymore. I'm not sure what constitutes fun in Hunter S. Thompson's world. His version of fun and other people's version of fun probably very, very different. Anyway, Kevin Samuels was a threat. He was a threat to what Jason Whitlock calls the matriarchy. When he says the matriarchy, he's talking about it with a lowercase m and quotes around the world and usually black in front of matriarchy. And he was a threat to that because here are these women, and by the way, women and men are both, they're, they've both been deluded, I'm sorry. You know, cause I was talking about the, the Marie-Louise Von Franz work, Perternus and having the feminine version of that, which is the little princess. Cause we have the little prince, right? The little prince, and Michael Jackson was like that too. Michael Jackson was a little prince. Didn't he do that, that uh, Disney movie, Prince EO? Doesn't he play Prince EO in that Disney movie that was connected to that ride at Disney? I see Michael Jackson was, he was, the, he was a Turnus. Whoever, whoever played the role of Michael Jackson after he got you know, those four degree burns or whatever they were in the Pepsi commercial Whoever played Michael Jackson played like maternal youth, like right? animals, toys. He was the, the symbol of the prayer turnus. So the female version is the princess, right? It's the princess model. So you have these girls, and I don't care what color they are. You go you I, you could go to almost any small city or town, go walk through Walmart. And you'll see at least one little girl dressed up like a little princess and she'll wear a little tutu and she'll have a little wand, right? Because she wants to play dress up and who's going to say no? But that's the program. And so women get indoctrinated into the little princess model and they carry that model all the way up through, unfortunately, their uh, late 20s and early 30s. And they're not little princesses anymore, but somehow they still think they are. Men have their own version of this. Okay, I'm not, t- I'm not saying that men are clean in this equation, trust me. There's a lot of men who've not not grown up. And you know, what does being grown up mean anyway? You know, I think you uh, the, the benefits of being mature and integrated and individuated as a person, I think are profound. Those are profound benefits because you find out something about what it's like to inhabit a body, what it's like to be able to make a a conscious sacrifice for one's life uh, when it comes to raising a child, right? And if you're really, really integrated, you're able to do things in a way that um, support your individuated nature. Meaning that if you have to work for a living, and you have to provide for your family. You're doing it in a way that is not contrary to who you are, which is not always easy. That takes work. It takes self awareness. Um, it takes some fortitude. It takes it takes good parenting. And even with good parenting, there's no guarantee. Right? There's no guarantee that it's going to turn out okay. We've talked about this before too, right? So. But the, the, the benefits of that kind of individuation, which is a Jungian term, between a man and a woman, creates, in my estimation, the alchemical marriage between two individuated people, meaning that they are self-aware that they see their life as a creative act. And a creative act is an act that also entails responsibility and accountability. And these people are very few and far between. We live in a world without ver- without much adult supervision and if it is adult supervision it's the nanny fucking state that's the adult supervision we have it's the nanny state it's not the individuated responsible accountable adult they're not you can't find them positions of power you can't they're very hard to find they sacrifice what they're you know what they're here to 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 do in a lot of ways in order to get into those positions of power. We know the story. I don't have to like unscript that or roll that script out. So Kevin Samuels was, was threatening in a very short period of time, like his rise to YouTube fame. It's gotta be up there with PewDiePie, but PewDiePie like built that over time. Kevin Samuels was getting fucking 2 million views Been on YouTube for like two years. Two years. And these are 25 minute videos. These aren't, you know, epic Magnum opuses and fireside chats. But he was smart because he knows that I think what's the average time span for a YouTube video? I think it's around is it 12 minutes or something like that? Pretty sure of it. Um so is is there a possibility he was rubbed out? Yeah, absolutely. And is it mutually exclusive from the vaccine? I say the answer to that is no. Um, Dr. Eric Karlstrom was on recently. He was on, he was on a show with somebody. I think it was Freeman. He might have been on with Freeman. I could be mistaken. But he was talking about gang stalking and remotes activation through the vaccines that was his latest podcast or latest interview and this guy would know trust me he's an expert he's been on my show he won't come back because i'm an astrologer and he's a christian and they've got that weird tape going on in their fucking heads but he would know so this is not mutually exclusive when it comes to kevin samuels was he vaccinated he said he was could he been activated Absolutely. In that moment? Absolutely. How could how could he be activated? How about a cell phone? His cell phone? Her cell phone? Right? Easy. So just because he was vaccinated doesn't mean that it would rule out foul play. In fact, there's probably a greater chance of foul play now that he was vaccinated because he had... He had the, uh, the, the, the micronauts, the invisible agency running around in his bloodstream. So I still think there's foul play involved with Kevin Samuels, even though people are saying that he was, he was vaxxed. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I did this chart. Like, there's something weird going on in this chart. Like, during that time, high strange. Super high strange Mars Mars opposition, right? Mars Pluto opposition. That's usually, especially like what? Again, I don't know his birth time, but that's an activation. That is an activation. Mars Mars opposition is Mars Pluto conjunct in Virgo. It's like a bang moment. And now who's left? Who's left to? talk the princesses out of the spell of the magical apple that they'd bitten into. There's nobody. At least not right now. I want to show you guys a, a very bizarre image that I ran across yesterday. Let me show it to you here. Oh, I broke 1,200 followers, how about that? Check this out, this is so fucking weird. This is so weird. You know, these, these pictures that they stage, they're not accidental or random by any stretch. This is um, Ursula van der She's the um, somewhat frumpy housewife who's now the head of the E-fucking-U. Her parents, if you look back in her lineage, her parents were the largest slave owners in North American history. I believe it's on her mother's side, if I'm not mistaken. Nobody ever talks about this. I mean, I, I think I'm the only person that actually brought this thing up. And I gave it to Jason Whitlock, and he's not going to do anything with it. But it's there. It's, it's on, her, on her Wikipedia page. Anyway, look at, look at this picture. Those look like wings, don't they? If you're listening to this, she's got two um, European Union flags behind her. And they're strangely draped downward. So the top of the flag looks like it's pointed and then it comes down, right? But they're not stretched out or anything. And they look like wings. It looks like she's wearing these wings and there's. it's supposed to be theoretically angelic. I mean, look at the stars. Well, there are 12 stars in the flag of the European Union. That means there'd be 24 stars here present, right? 24. In um, the Jewish gematria, the number 24 is connected to Baal, B-A-A-L, Baal, the god Baal. You know, the Babalon god, the Babylonians. There she is, look at her. She's like this weird, so these things aren't random. They're not random at all. Just like when they would have the nimbuses above George Bush's head, or sometimes even Obama's head to make them look saintly. I remember seeing those pictures with Bush back in the early 2000s. It's like, can you like try any harder to make this guy look like a fucking Christian? He was a fake ass Christian, total fake ass. She's scary looking. And she's signing, you know, this, uh paperwork, which is going to mandate everybody in the European Union to have a vaccine passport, and you know, they're not done. They're gonna roll this thing back out again. How people are gonna respond to it, that's gonna be really the you know, the flying ointment, right? So it feels like we're gonna get hit with just a total shitstorm of distraction, not just distraction. some of these things will be very real. So we're going to have the return because we're Mercury retrograde, right? And we have Mercury in Gemini and this whole crazy COVID world took place when the true node was in Gemini. So we're going, to, we're going to be headed back into that territory over the course of the next three and a half weeks, guarantee. So we got that. We've got the food stuff. Uh, we have shortages in baby formula. This is a weird thing. The whole baby formula shortage. We never used baby formula. Uh-oh. Um, you know, my, my kid was, uh, he, he was breast milk all the way. Like He never had one iota of formula. I don't understand, for them. maybe because they're women that can't lactate or it's difficult, whatever, right? But I've never understood the baby formula thing. And I think if you wanted to, you could probably even make your own baby formula. I don't think it's that hard. Look around, right? You might be able to make a better baby formula um, than, I mean, what would you use? Like, you use colostrum as maybe a base, and then figure out how to supplement in there. Get some, yeah. But the, the whole thing, though, with breastfeeding your 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 kid, is the DNA transfer. Like, that's really important. Like, there's a there's the oxytocin, there's the bonding with the mother. Like, it's, it's a big deal. And I remember, it was back in the back in the Obama era, where the breastfeeding mothers were fucking radical right it's like <laughs> i don't have a problem with that by the way i have no problem with that but now right now it's a whole different landscape whole different landscape no, so it's not it's not just well that's you know a birthing person birthing person uh doesn't always have to lactate for their birthing unit. They can have a a different lactator or for lack of a better term, a different boobie mama, a different boobie mama to take care of their baby, which I've seen before, it can happen. But they were radical, right? It was like, hey, here we go in public. Lap it up, junior. Now it's sort of like, put it back, put it away. Biology, nope, 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 nope. We're not We're not getting into the biology thing now. That's, you know what that is? That's being demeaning to other people who cannot breastfeed. We can't do that now. The non-breastfeeders are being discriminated against. So we're, we're not gonna support that. You remember how radical that was? It was like in your, in your face. The baby formula thing gets into the root chakra. It's kind of like the, the paper towel, the, 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 uh, the toilet paper thing, right? It's the root chakra stuff. True node and Taurus, south node and Scorpio. Because if you're a mother, you're like, oh, fuck, I can't feed my baby. Sends a, a wave, a chill wave through the, uh, through the populace. So we're going to get all this other stuff. It's all going to happen. Stocks are crashing. Bottoms falling out on crypto. Gas is going through the roof. The return of the vax. Roe v. Wade on the streets, right? Ukraine still still popping. Russia chattering on and on about nuclear strikes. Like, all this is happening. Killing chickens. Alien, Alien disclosure. Now, all of a sudden, apparently, they're going to be meeting next week for... Big talk on aliens and extraterrestrial life in Washington D.C. Why is that, boys and girls? You better strap. You better strap yourselves in here. It's going to get weird. You think it's weird now? This is going to get really weird. Very, very weird. Very strange. Mercury retrograde is always interesting, without a doubt. One hundred percent. Always interesting. So we're doing pretty good on the hit rate. We talked about the ritualization of abortion. And a few days later, the uh, Temple of Satan is pounding their chest, threatening legal action. We talked about Meghan Markle as a presidential, presidential candidate. And then, what, four or five days later, Joe Biden's sister is asking her to join the Democratic Party so that she could actually uh, run for president of the United States. We got record-breaking uh, gas prices. And this is, this is it, right? We are coming into a very uh, intense, critical, crucial period and phase. The weather is probably going to get really weird here. Uh, there were uh, dust storm warnings that were showing up. Remember, we're talking about the Dust Bowl. And uh, we were looking at certain astrological trends, which, by the way, connect into our time with the Dust Bowl. Usually what happens with the Dust Bowl stuff or you get these massive dust storms, you have this really intense, at the times, deadly mold and fungal spores that are kicked up. Right? Isn't this just an uplifting podcast today? I'm sorry. It's, it's out there. What can I do? I can't. I can't. I can't spin it any other way really because these this, these are the things that are getting ready to hit us and hopefully you've done some preparation in your life and maybe you can still do some preparation but we are we're entering the shoot now we are entering the shoot and when i'm telling you this is all mars and pisces material a little passive aggressive with mars and pisces when mars hits aries the end of this month uh, it's going to get uh, Marshall. Marshall. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to get out of here. I got a big day ahead of me. I have clients. I think, am I doing uh, Danny Katz's show today? I think that's tomorrow. My first show with Danny Katz. Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Go check out Emily's show over on Rock Van and we get into occult tennis. It was actually a pretty good astrological look at a young up-and-coming tennis player. And I have to say, I was pretty accurate. Even though, you know, I'm not keeping score at home, right? But I didn't know anything about the guy. And I was reading his chart. And you know, there were quite a few hits there. Let me see how can play a simple mind song. Again, I've never never seen this video. It's them on a, a... top of the pops or some shit like that. But uh, I'm a fan. I like the simple minds and um, 30 frames a second. Let's hear this. Use your head in order to so what's real, your heart to say what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Hang in there. We'll come back tomorrow and uh, we'll crank up the euphoria a little bit. We'll get your, you, we'll get your dopamine flow happening tomorrow. Today, sorry. We just had to go back and kind of look at some things and uh, put them on the put them on the operating table. Here are some simple lines.